morning, Mr. Stacy. How are you doing this morning? Pretty good. Yourself? Man, doing well. We just made some more coffee, so that's a plus. Always right. is. Right. Shout out to uh, Brandon Williams, assistant principal at Buckingham Buck Buck Upshire High School. Uh, he gave he gave me some K cups, and we're rocking that this morning. Yeah, <laughs> you know, coffee big essential part to a ending teacher's day. I wonder what people did before coffee. What did people do back in the day before coffee was was found? What would you have to look forward to in the morning? I guess you just got up and just went at it. What the hell did caffeine, you know? You know, was it sad yesterday when uh, I went to mass with you? Like, as I woke up, like, one of the first things I was thinking about was, like, man, I got to make time to, like, stop at a gas station, get some mm. coffee, like, before we get there. That's the way like, we live in these days, though, now. Yeah, that was like an essential thing to have. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, we, I definitely, before taking the Eucharist, you, you fast for an hour. So I have to plan out my coffee consumption. You know, when I has to end it, you know, mass starts at 1030. So give or take 930. So the coffee, the coffee consumption ends. Uh, and then, you know, water after and then maybe a little, a little bit more coffee. I probably drink way too much coffee. But Brandy, our principal, asked me how much I drink a day. I don't know. I have no idea. Probably too much. What about you? What's your consumption? Uh, my consumption is just one mug a day. Really? You know, I keep it. Yeah, I, I keep it to there. Uh, try to switch it up. Water after that. Um, I don't know. When I lift in the evenings, I try not to drink more caffeine like for pre-workout but sometimes i will oh, so okay. i mean that's kind of usually why i stop if not i'll be on caffeine literally non-stop yeah yeah and it's been dry here i feel like in the late winter early spring and if i don't drink a bunch of water i feel it in my my hands and my my face and my joints uh, i like those gatorade packets i have on my pocket right now the gatorade zero packets Right. Just pour it in your drink, and I'm not a huge water person. Now, if it's 100 degrees outside, I'll drink a ton of water, but it's 34 degrees this morning. See, yeah, that's how I am. I got to have some flavor to it. So I like the little, like, squirt deals. Oh, yeah. yeah and just, like, okay. one of the little squirt bottles that you just, like, pop in there. Okay. Yeah, that's always a big fan. That's awesome. Yeah, I always think back to, like, my high school cross-country high school cross country and track coach, David Duncan. Uh, that guy was a coffee connoisseur. Really? I mean, like, just never – you never saw him without coffee, like from, you know, he'd pick you up at 6 a.m. to go for a morning run. And, you know, he had hot steaming coffee. Like it just never changed. Like and just never mm. saw him without it. I know college coaches that are like that. Uh, people I was around as a player. And there's some high school guys that I knew other places I coached that were coffee all the time. Some and then there's some guys that I know are the morning guys and then maybe one cup in the afternoon. One coach I know in Michigan, that's what he does. We were doing a podcast, and he, it was like at 7 o'clock at night, and he had a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. I, I asked him, I said, Coach, is that leaded or, or unleaded? He goes, oh, yeah, it's it's caffeinated. But he was he's 70-something years old, still rocking being a head football coach, so I'm not going to argue. Obviously, I'm not going to argue with anybody on my podcast. But, right. Uh, I was like, okay, that's cool, man. Like, you just do it. If you're that old, if, I hope I'm like that. I hope I'm in my 70s and just 
still do what I love to do. See, yeah, that's how my coach was. You know, like in his sixties, it was just odd. I never even saw him drink water at practice. Like, you know, when, oh, like, when he would run, like he was still running marathons and stuff when we were in high school. And you know, sometimes we'd finish a workout, then he'd have us pace out a workout for him and help him out, and he'd just be, you know, hammering away at the, with the coffee. Like, you know, most people looking for a fresh bottle of water and give me some, him some regular old Folgers, and we're good to go. I like that. That's awesome. Not even the fancy stuff. Just give me the Folgers. Right. That's fantastic. So that kind of leads into what we want to talk about this morning. He was helping raise you as a as a man, and mm-hmm. you talked about. Um, obviously off the podcast because we talk when we don't other we talk uh off the podcast as well right Right. (laughs) buddy i think it's funny when people have podcasts it's almost in my brain i think oh this is the only time they talk but of course not of course there's hours of conversation outside of of a podcast Uh, but you want to talk about raising young men and that's something i think that's been near and dear to my heart and your heart and yeah man let's do that yeah so um, I guess the whole idea of just like raising young men has sort of been like a reoccurring like theme. It's been sort of like popping up recently, you know, throughout different conversations I've been having with different people. You know, I thought about like where you and I could sort of relate in the world of coaching as it pertains to, you know, raising up young men and also the world of education. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I thought it was also kind of interesting, like, hey, you just brought in two young beautiful boys into this world. We did. So, you know, after having three daughters, I'm sure. Yeah, you know that little phrase raising men mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. has to take on a new meaning for you it's when i i come home from work out and i see the the boys one of the first things i say to them is uh, good afternoon men like i, I call them the men <laughs> collectively because uh, we have to fight against uh, the women in our house no i'm kidding uh but it is it is different uh, i read a book the book's been out for a minute uh, called Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. And man, that book, I think, when did it come out? That must have come out in the early 2000s, right? Late 1990s, somewhere around there. But just looking at how men are different from women which is something that you hear in society. That's not something you hear in society these days from different sex and culture. Um, but I think raising men is a different a different thing because we are wired differently. Than 100%. And uh, like there's, and he talks about in the book that every man has three things. Every man wants three things in life, a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. Those are the three things that men desire the most. And his book is built on upon that. Uh, yeah, it's so simple, but yeah, so powerful. Yeah, a battle to fight. I mean, we're always looking for something, right? We want something to overcome. We want something to to work towards. I think rights of initiation have gone away in our culture. And that's something that I think sports gives young men. Yeah. That's kind of where like this whole idea had really like sparked with me was in the conversation of sports. Uh, I was talking with a coach in a different program recently and, you know, they were working at like the uh, secondary level, you know, with middle schoolers and they were just sort of having a conversation like we have a bunch of really 
young group of boys that are fatherless young men. And, you know, they were kind of scared about like passing them on to like the next level of the program because there was sort of a disconnect between like the two levels of the programs. And, you know, the coach was just afraid, like, you know, those boys were not going to get those challenges that they needed when they, you know, at that vital time of like adolescence. And so for me, that's kind of like where I started to really think about just, you know, what does that idea mean to raise young men? You know, what do young men need? You know, we, as you kind of commented, we do live in a society where, you know, maybe those differences aren't as celebrated as much anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we don't celebrate young girls for being young girls and young boys for being young boys as much. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I really started to think about, like, what are those differences that, like, a boy, a young boy needs to mature into a young man to help prepare for, like, life's challenges? And a lot of that was just, you know, I think the most simple way to put it is young men need to be challenged. Absolutely. Yes. Like, yes, I think where your and I worlds come together is in the coaching sense. Mm -hmm. You know, we push boys in that physical sense. We push them to their physical limitations. Mm -hmm. You know, I know as it relates to me and cross country, you know, I'm out there pushing kids to their physical limitations of, you know, getting through a really intense like interval workout or a hill workout. And, you know, my purpose outside of just making them better athletes is to get them to that point where they have to question themselves. Because I think whenever anytime we start to question things, we open up the door for like growth. And I think that's really important, like. And that's a very simple way, you know, in the physical coaching world of like, hey, you know, we want to sit there and push you into yourselves. We want to make you question who you are. But the greater purpose of all that is, you know, to set them up for life's challenges. As for when they face those like challenges in life, when they face those opportunities, you know, they can look at themselves. And when they question themselves of, you know, can I make it through this? Can I get over that? You know, they've asked themselves that before. They've been prepared for that. Mm. And I just wonder if, you know, in general, as a society, are we not giving that to them? I think that we need to affirm in, in young men that it's okay to be dangerous. What I mean by that is when I go to the zoo and I see a lion, I see the beauty in the lion because I know that thing could rip my face off. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that there is something in it that is strong and powerful. It's a warrior. I think we need to affirm that in our our young men that it is okay to be powerful in a good way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we don't want them being axe murderers, right? <laughs> you know, we don't want them doing things like that. But it's okay to be aggressive because I I think a lot of times what our culture values is, oh, he's a, he's a nice young man. What does that mean, right? Is he passive? Is he someone who doesn't have a backbone because he'll just want to be nice at all costs someone who doesn't have that desire right desire I mean, think about the best i think about the best football players i've ever coached there was a fire burning in them that 
was contained, right? They had learned their fathers taught them or their, or their grandfathers how to harness that. Uh, it's like superheroes too, I think about. Superheroes are dangerous people, but they have chosen to use that power for good. Absolutely. They, they could use it for bad, but they are powerful. They have power. They have aggression. Uh, they are a warrior. But I think sometimes, especially in the education world, we just want kids to be nice. And that's obviously part of it. We want people to be kind to each other. But I think young men also need to understand that it's okay to be aggressive and there's outlets for that that are appropriate. And I think like as coaches, we can be people that mold them, that help them find that. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's our role as coaches, mm. you know, is to mold them into that, is to help them find themselves. Mm. And, you know, I was sort of like thinking about like how a lot of this, like just related to, you know, life in general, but, you know, I was also kind of relating it to like us going to mass together the other day, you know, mm -hmm. like whether or not like my wife and I continue to, to go down this path of, you know, discovering what Catholicism is or all about it, you know, like, we had to question ourselves in it you know we had to look at ourselves and question you know like what part of our lives are we missing you know what are we looking for and you know we've opened that space for growth but even more so we've had you know good friends good mentors around us you know to help like lead us in that direction you know mm -hmm. and i think that's exactly like what coaching in general you know specifically you know that's what we aim to do mm -hmm. is to help mold these kids you know because i just worry I worry so much when we pacify these young men and we take away those. I don't want to say like animalistic tendencies, but, you know, they're sort of is like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like the reptilian and, brain type thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, our biology is a part of us for a reason. You yep. know, it does make us who we are. Yep. You know, there is the separate sides of your cognitive self and your physical self, but surely those two come together in, in some sense. But I just genuinely worry if we are not giving these boys those challenges, if we are not making them question themselves, you know, mm -hmm. will they fall on their faces when they get older? And I almost wonder, like, if we continue to make life too comfortable. And mm -hmm. I just wonder if there comes a point where we're too accepting mm -hmm. of kids. And maybe acceptance has become confused in the place of where guidance is needed. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you have to. You have to run. You have to run at your problems. You can't run away from your problems. Uh, doctor, I like to, I love to call him this. Doctor Justin Bowers, I'm, I'll get a kick out of that. Always tells me that you should name your issues. That you lift up the rock, you know, or you look inside yourself, whatever metaphor you want to use. And you name them and you go after them don't run away from things that are hard uh beat them head on and that's what i think that's what you're talking about is we're looking we're trying to help young men seek guidance and understand how do i improve myself instead of oh just tell just tell me i'm okay in my weakness that's and that's not true and that's exactly yes and that's exactly it is we've 
just rather than challenging, we've focused more on comfort. You know, we've affirming kids and rather than, you know, we're afraid to hurt feelings. I mean, like in the most simplest of terms, you know, we're afraid to hurt feelings. And I almost, I'm just afraid that, you know, we've really left the door open too much to, you know, being afraid to hurt feelings that we've become afraid to do the right thing. We become afraid to give these boys what they need yeah, to help them. Yeah. And I know that goes so much further than outside of our world. That goes so yeah. much further outside of sports, outside okay. of these education systems. You know, we're talking mm-hmm. a way bigger issue here. You know, and I guess that's kind of like where that relates really why I wanted to talk about it with you was, you know, like, so we've seen like, okay, that's where our worlds come together. So now how does that same message, how does that same idea go home? Yeah. I mean, obviously you're still dealing yeah. with toddlers here. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not dealing with teenage boys, but. Yeah, no, uh, but. I think back to men that have modeled for me how to raise boys. And I think affirming that they are a warrior, affirming that they're loved by God, affirming that, affirming their masculinity, they're (laughs) making a gun out of anything possible, right? A stick. A pencil or, or, you know, making a gun or a sword, some kind of weapon, right? Uh, they want to go explore and hike and teach them how to fish, teach them how to shoot a gun, teach them how to go on hikes, uh, how to do things that are difficult, like football. Uh, I, I know I've, I've heard I've heard people say, I never let my kids play football. People have, from people that have played football, I'm the total opposite. I want them to play football. I want them to do things that are hard. I'm not scared of CTE. We're all going to die of something. Uh, I want, but I want my boys to be warriors. I want them to be men that don't run from their problems, that see their issues and understand the Lord is good. He loves me. He's going to help me, but I can't run from these because it only gets worse, right? Uh, it's like the it's like at night, and you think there's something knocking at your door. And if you run from it, you're you're petrified, right? There's somebody who tried to break down my door. And then you realize it's a tree branch or something of that nature, right? Uh, the things we run away from become monsters because we don't confront them. And they, when you confront something, it loses its power. And I think that's, that's how I'm going to try to raise these kids is to know they want to love God. Then it, but embrace their masculinity, that it's okay to be a man, uh, and that doesn't mean the that doesn't mean the bad aspects that you see on the news, right? The things of men taking advantage of other people. Uh, but I also think that we as men don't stand up for people enough either. What's the quote? All it takes for evil to prosper is for good men to do nothing. I think mm-hmm. that happens a lot these days. Yeah, is that absolutely. we don't stand up for people that need to stand up for you know so much of what you just said there reminded me of just just made me think about like how my own father like raised me you know and like growing up i was much much closer with my mother than i ever was my dad you know my dad wasn't a very emotional person like you know he was very vocal you know he was a loud type of guy but you know he wasn't necessarily like a coddle you love on you type of person you know that just wasn't it so like you know as a young boy you know like i looked to my mother to fill that 
but as I grew into a young man, like as I started to get out on my own, like when it came to figuring out the questions to or the answers to the questions that I was having, like to become an adult, to really become a man, to really take that next step, you know, to prepare for a marriage, to prepare for buying a house, like, you know, building a family. You know, it was always my dad I was looking to for those answers. And I kind of realized, you know, like a lot of that, like sort of resentment maybe I had as a child of like towards my father was, you know, my dad was preparing me. You know, my dad was getting me ready, like for the real world, helping prepare me for the challenges. And, you know, there was a lot of times like as a kid, you know, my dad didn't help me, you know, left me there to like figure it out on my own, like to experience failure. And I just think as an adult now at like 29 years old, like, man, what a blessing that I had someone there to teach me that lesson. Yeah, my dad was my offensive line coach in high school. And yeah, that's that's good stuff. It's learning how to embrace things that are difficult. I, I know my dad taught me that lesson many, many times. I use it you know, daily. It's embracing things that are difficult. And I think when you embrace things that are difficult enough, you start to enjoy it. Like, this is hard, but I know it's good. So therefore, I enjoy it. <laughs> you know, like lifting weights or exercise or uh, lifting weights, exercise is kind of the same thing, right? I mean, lifting weights, running, uh, you know, doing your doing your book work for school, your studies, getting up on time. My dad was always as early to everything. Uh, I'm not as early. I'm not an on-time person now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, those things are very meaningful to me still. It's amazing how many people these days will just will show up late and won't even shoot a text. Like, hey, I'm running late. Just they just show up late. Right. Won't like, even late. Just, yeah. Like, what in the world? I mean, how about some common courtesy here? Tell me you're, I'm running 10 minutes late. That's fine. But it'd be good to know. Like, communicate with me a little bit. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting the lessons we learn from our fathers. I don't even know they were trying to teach. And sometimes I wonder if, like, you know, did they even realize they were, you know, or were they like ourselves, you know, where we are now, like just sort of in that discovery, you know, finding, like figuring it out as they go. Because we all are and we're all raised by different sets of parents. And I think we're all weeding through how do we do this better? Uh, If we're really if we really truly look inside ourselves, I think that's what everybody's looking for is how do I do this better? Does that, that comes out differently, different people, but how do I lead people better? How do I live a better life? Yeah, I think we're all searching for that in some way, shape, fashion, or form. Yeah, and always leaving room for that improvement is, you know, such an essential thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you talked about like standing up to the task and, you know, there comes a, time when like you know that repetitiveness of standing up to a challenging task or whatever you know it almost becomes enjoyment like there's a very fine line between that stress being either distress that's very negative or you know a use stress that actually motivates and you know Mm -hmm. drives you to get up and get something done um Mm -hmm. and you know and i think that's where especially coaching and like just mentoring young men is you know that's where you have to guide that you know, is helping them deal with those stressors, but helping them take it from this negative stress of, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. and turning it into this positive outcome. Mm-hmm. 
there's a, that's a whole other podcast is stress. I think people run from stress these days. I know I have. So you're trying to, I just want to feel relaxed, right? I want to feel those things, but I think stress is, has such a negative context these days, but I think it's a good thing. I think our bodies respond to that. I was reading this thing about why do World War II veterans live so long? Not all of them, obviously, but why is it you see guys that are 100 some years old? It's because they went through some really stressful things and your body responds to that in what in a way where it like renews itself so it can like live longer and that you see these people living to 100 years old hmm. and it's oh i never thought about that we think of stress as you know work i'm sitting here at a computer i'm stressed out because you know my situation a student will behave or something of that nature but there's other forms of stress it's not just the 21st century corporate american stress exactly and i think it's our management of that stress that is really like what has changed um yes yeah our i mean I, there's a million other things to say yeah well i mean we'll say that one for another podcast but yeah. yeah our stress management here in the u.s is pretty poor and we wonder why it is that we see higher uptakes into like cases of depression or you know just general psychological disorders dealing with anxiety mood disorders you know it's not just because more people are going to go see a therapist there's a there's a big reason why more people are yeah having those issues and then the other side or people will do since people will say oh i'll just check out and binge on netflix for five hours and that's and i've been there i've been so my phone's a dumb i made my phone a dumb phone i can't scroll through social media and just check out because i'm at that point i'm running from discomfort i'm running from things i need to confront once you get in that cycle, you don't break. It's hard to break it. Yeah, I mean, I had to like, what does the Bible talk about? If your if your arm cuts you, causes you to sin, cut it off. That was my deal with social media and on and internet on my phone. It's just cut it off because I obviously can't handle that. So in order for me to be the healthiest version of myself, I have to cut that off, get rid of that, so I can deal with. Like, my, like not deal with, but engage with my wife, my kids, uh, my life, because I think oftentimes I use social media to like disconnect from real life. You're using it to avoid the things that actually ask something of you. Right. The things that actually matter. It's so easy to invest yourself in social media. It's a whole nother thing to invest yourself in a goal and Right. To invest yourself in your family, to invest yourself in your relationship, invest yourself in your career. I mean, mm -hmm. I say, I'll say, you know, Joseph and Joshua won't have a phone till they can buy one. <laughs> That's kind of how I'm going to probably roll with that. Uh, or I'll buy them one and it'll be a super dumbed down flip phone where I can call them if I need to get in touch with them. Actually, that's, that's what I want to go to next, the flip phone. I want to get back into just an old school flip phone. If I want to text somebody and I want to text the letter C, I have to hit the number two three times. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> Listen, you give me a flip phone with an iPhone's camera capabilities and I'm sold. Somebody needs to make that. I mean, legit, you, you give me a good, a good enough camera on a flip phone, I think I'm yeah. pretty well sold. All right, You can save Instagram. I'll have the pictures for my grandkids. There you go. 
the gram. Just give me some cloud connectivity and I'll be all right. Be all right. I yeah, the I hope the dumb phone trend stays a thing. Cuz there's 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 some right now being made that are pretty good. I think that there's some and they would I probably say this too. There's some updates they need to work on. But I think even Apple has realized that Apple, when you look at your phone, it shows you your screen time for the week. Right. I mean, I've, I've read where Tim Cook says, yeah, you shouldn't be on our, our devices all the time. You need to get off, basically get off the device and live your life is what he said. And I thought, man, that's pretty, that's pretty cool that the CEO of Apple would say something like that. You know, I mean, Elon Musk has been on that same kind of podium, I guess, or pedestal, I guess, you know, preaching that same idea from the pulpit. You know, his conversation surrounding, you know, just technology in general, AI and, you know, the directions that's headed. I mean, man, that's a whole nother podcast as well. If you ever want to open up that can of worms. Yes. Yeah. Raising young man, I need to go buy a farm and live out on a farm and, <laughs> and have, have my, my, my boys do manual labor and the girls help as well. Cause my girls like doing meaningful things as well. I mean, I think all kids like to do meaningful things. I mean, have my kids learn how to have them learn to do like a, a trait, a trait, like a skill, uh, raise animals or learn how to, I don't, I don't know how to sew. I don't even know if my wife, if Emily knows how to sew, maybe yeah. teach my girls how to sew, how to do something, something like, something like that that'd be that'd be fun my wife and i talk about it if we had a, an endless amount of money or enough money would it and what would we do would we either build a house on a piece of property or renovate a house in town like an old house in town and these days i'm really thinking piece of property <laughs> be able to close myself off from the world a little bit oh man after yeah, after the conversations my wife and I have had recently, we'd be right there buying the piece of property next to you. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For the podcast listeners, I mean, my wife and I went and rode horses a few weekends ago up mm. at Seneca Rocks. Highly encouraged checking out Yoakum Staples if you're ever Yoakum up there. Okay. Um, but, man, she's ate up with that horse. Mm-hmm. Man, she's ate up with it now, man. She want. She wants a horse. You're, you're buying a horse is what well, I hear. She wants a horse, but who knows? We said we're going to do riding lessons together this okay. summer. Nice. So, I mean, I guess, I guess we'll get to learn a little bit more then. Okay. I don't know, man. Horses are expensive. They are. I think you should just get a donkey and ride a donkey. <laughs> Listen, there's two things I want right now. A mental Those horse. I need a horse and a boat. And both of them are just as expensive, so... We'll see which we prioritize eventually. You know what I've what I've heard boat stands for, right? What's that? Bring on another thousand. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Just bring it on. Uh, uh, people always say that, and the best day of like buying a boat is the day that, or like the best day of having a boat is when you buy a boat, and then also when you get rid of your boat. You sell it, yeah, you sell it for some good money. I know we're, we're vegans, but I definitely would like animals one day and I know their work. And I say animals, maybe like rescue some cattle or a horse or a pig or a goat or something of that nature. But I think it would be good for my kids and me to learn how to take care of something like that, uh, be able to sell them 
right? There's some uh, some income. But yeah, that'd be fun. And because my our, my girls love animals, they just love animals. And I would like my boys to have a like a skill set of maybe taking care ter- taking care of animals. There's cattle all over the place around here. Uh, maybe get a cow or something like that. Not a bull. Bull kind of scares me because those get pretty aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a, yeah. What do you call a male cow? A sow or something like that? I don't even know what you call them. Our female cow, excuse me, a sow. Yeah, or something I think like that's that. right. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. I think. Or a pig. I like pigs. See, yeah, I was really lost on the whole like agricultural part of West Virginia until mm-hmm. like I really came up this way. I mean, like growing mm-hmm. up in Wayne County, I mean, we were pretty much in Huntington, so not really much of that. My mom's. Right, yeah. Like one of my aunts, I mean, that was hardcore what they did, you know, raised all their own vegetables, pigs, rabbits, chickens. Hmm. Just old school people, you know, typical Wayne County farm. My uncle never worked, never sold crops, but always was trading them for something, always sure, doing well, favors cool. for something. Oh, I mean, you know, he'd butcher somebody's bear for them and get okay. to keep a quarter of it. Okay. And that's awesome. That's so cool. I don't know. I look at people like that sometimes and I say, man, they really got life figured out. There's something there that they have that I don't. There is a disconnect. They are content with what they have. And they are connected to their surroundings. They are connected to their surroundings. And they don't want for much. They don't ask either. They don't ask either. And even if they need it, they don't ask. They're just very content with what they have. Make it work somehow, one way or another. That's a fact. Coach, thank you for coming on. This is beautiful. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Always.